welcome back everyone to another episode of our podcast excited to uh, do another one it's been a little bit yeah and in case you forgot this is the dj and jd podcast brought to you by daniel james and jared dean (laughs) and uh it's important we do that every time yeah we got it we don't yeah, want do people accidentally listening to this and not knowing what it is. So That would be awful. I tend to do that occasionally. Just... <laughs> Are you being serious? Yeah, I just start listening to stuff and I'm like, I get like, you know, a couple minutes into it and I'm like, what am I even listening to? Happens <laughs> to me all the time with like my suggested songs. Okay. Oh, well, songs, yeah. Podcasts, though? No. Yeah, not okay. really. Okay. So, let's jump in. What do we got? All right. Um, let's start out with uh, let's start out with something kind of light, light and airy. All right. So, uh, Jared, did you hear that Netflix has secret codes? I have did not know that. Yes, um, they supposedly have a hidden trick to escape the endless scroll of movies. So, Netflix has so many TV shows and movies and documentaries, you name it, and it's probably in the streaming service's massive library, not to mention Netflix's growing list of binge-worthy original shows. With seemingly endless lists to choose from, you can easily spend more time scrolling through recommendations than actually watching something. Um, Anyway, Netflix uses algorithms to help Subscribers sift through their options by highlighting TV shows and movies you may like based on your profile and what you've watched before, but your preferences might be a bit more specific than trending titles, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, anime. Damn, we gotta stop. What are you doing? You're just reading the article right now. Yeah, because I didn't read it before. But okay, I will. I will get. This to isn't the point. a reading an article. Show. I, okay, I will get to the point. I will get to the point. Just paraphrase. I will paraphrase. Okay. So what? What do you I, I didn't know? even follow. I don't even know what in the world you're talking about <laughs> that whole time. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> what do you need to know about these Netflix codes? All right, so um, pretty much you can go to Netflix. I think that's a hyphen. It's the middle line. Codes.com. Okay. And it has like every single movie, um, show, genre subgenre whatever and uh it can only be used on netflix's website not necessarily in its apps but it has a code for each like genre like very specific genres and then um you can go into that and wait what what does that make anything why don't you just search it well, I was getting to that. See, now, how how is how do you best use Netflix codes? Well, I'm glad you asked. You go to the Chrome Web Store and search Better Browse for Netflix, and you add it as a Chrome extension. And uh, then you log into your Netflix account in a new tab, and uh, there you go. You just unlocked, like, hundreds to thousands of new content. That what you do you can, mean new content? Like, it, it's typically, like, hidden within Netflix. But if you search up the movie in the search bar on Netflix, it's going to come up. Yeah, but 
like it only shows you a certain amount of titles and unless you know something like in your brain that you know is on netflix that you want to watch and you don't like search for that specifically you're not going to see it hmm okay yeah um which is kind of dumb but i mean i guess like netflix just has so much stuff they can't possibly like recommend their full entire library to you which is why they try to recommend like the things that you'll you would like probably like most based on your you know profile and recent viewing history but yeah so i mean i guess long story short there's a ton more stuff on netflix if you're scrolling through and you're like oh i don't see anything i was doing that the other night um i guess there's a lot more hidden just go to netflix-codes.com sounds like an awful site you already have enough trouble finding stuff and that's stuff that they think you want to watch you don't want to go sifting through all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, honestly, you don't it, honestly, I don't know why we're talking about this. If you have to go to this website, go find something else. To well, do and you shouldn't even Netflix. be watching Netflix anyway. Netflix is not a company that I I will support. Jared, we watch Netflix all the time. Yeah, I'm never paying for it though. That's okay. against my morals. Yeah, that's fair. All right, moving on. That was a dumb first story. Sorry, everybody. What it's, else we got? It's interesting, but it's not really. All right. So. Um, Jared, I don't know if you've read the news at all this week, but I guess the government is going to run out of money. Well, they extended it till December 3rd now, so. Oh, is that that's official? Yeah, this Did morning. Did Biden sign that? Yep. Oh, okay. So it's not going to shut down or run out of funding. It was going to, I think, tonight at 12, but they extended it till December 3rd. But, um, yeah, we've got some some problems so from what i understand is there is the infrastructure bill that i'm sure most of our listeners have heard about um and this infrastructure bill is getting tied up because um there's another bill called the i don't know if you have it up there i think it's called the echo shoot what's the other build called i am totally build forgetting back better Plan? no i don't think so i don't know you were kind of just going off on a rant there that was not part of my scheduled well that's what so i'm getting to this is just a little yeah, precursor just, just to I give people some context about um so anyway so there's another bill that's happening too and the problem is that the progressives on the really progressives want this other bill to pass and so they're blocking this infrastructure package and also then the moderate Democrats are also don't want this infrastructure package to pass or the sorry, the moderate Democrats are concerned that this other bill, which is a, a super expensive bill, is like getting tied in too much with the infrastructure package. Anyway, it's a whole mess. And so the Democrats are just all up in arms and it's an interesting development here for the government because they're, they're kind of like fighting each other in their own party and they can't decide and, and this is talking about you know and the tax stuff is all intertwined with these bills his new tax plans because this this other plan is what's supposed to raise the corporate taxes um so much and you know people can't decide and it's just a whole whole thing so yeah it's i, I would definitely read up on it um i think this this article here is talking specifically about the tax hikes correct that are yeah so it's uh it's an article from the american institute for economic research um 
which is great. You know that you're getting the best information possible. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, the title Biden's tax plan is a middle class death tax dressed as a capital gains tax on the rich. Um, and in it, it goes into talking about how billionaires combined for $4.2 trillion in wealth, and that would fund the go- federal government's uh, 2021 budget for less than eight months. Um, and then at the end of that eight months, there would be no more billionaires. <laughs> um, and so the average household in the middle income quintile earned $77,000 and the average household in the upper middle quintile earned $117,000 combined those households all earn $4.8 trillion in eight, in 2018. So um, that's twice what the top 1% earned. Meanwhile, the top 1% paid an average of an effective federal tax rate of 30.2% versus 12.8% for middle income and 16.7% for upper middle income households. So what does that necessarily mean? Well, so the president is really like drawing on the fact trying to say that um his plan emphasizes to close an arcane loophole in a stepped up basis that has allowed billionaires to get away with paying less taxes so sorry so they're saying that this new plan is going to create more loopholes for people to get out of paying taxes or I don't, I don't like to say loopholes more opportunities opportunities for people to pay less tax yes um even it's though it's meant like to there, tax there's the rich. so much like i don't know if you saw the picture of the bill it's like literally like probably a foot thick of papers yeah that's the yeah and so this is the bill that i was talking about the one that they're trying to wrap in with the infrastructure bill and the progressives are saying they're not going to vote on the infrastructure bill unless if they pass this bill and then the moderate democrats are saying there's no way that we're passing this bill because it's gonna you know obviously do some damage (laughs) but Yeah, so the president insists on calling this a capital gains tax, but the combination of these two pieces, removal of stepped-up basis and payout inheritance, causes the tax to behave exactly like a death tax. It is a death tax aimed squarely at the middle class. And, like, that's because um, they go into talking about it, and so so, like, kind of difficult to talk about, but, like, the um, under long established law, an heir owes capital gains tax when they sell, not inherits assets. So essentially, when a family home is like passed from generation to generation, it only creates tax liability when the person at the end of the line finally sells it. It doesn't get taxed each person that it's like getting passed down to in your family. Um. And then they pay tax on the increase in value um, from when they inherited the asset to when it was sold as well. So obviously we know that, you know, land and property typically increases in value 
um, which is why it's such a good investment um, rather than a car, which depreciates in value typically um, yeah. for the most part, unless you have some rare collectible car or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I did want to say, so, so what they're trying to create, it's kind of funny. So <laughs> I heard, um, I think it was Pelosi said that this, this bill that they're trying to fund, she said it's going to quote unquote be free <laughs> because they're not taking any more debt, which is kind of hilarious. So they're calling it a free bill since they're not taking any more debt. Instead, they're just going to tax everyone more. But um, I wanted to – so what, what they're wrapping up in this bill, which is – it's right now at $3.5 trillion. And this is on top of the infrastructure package that they're already trying to pass. Um, well, and, and the infrastructure package will pass because that has some Republican support too. Well, it did until this other bill is kind of causing problems. But – so I thought this was kind of interesting. So they want to – expand medicare to cover dental um dental vision sorry cover dental vision and hearing um they want to offer universal pre-kindergarten and provide two free years of community college and also create a program encouraging utilities to reduce carbon emissions over time but jared isn't free stuff a good thing (laughs) it's never free dan (laughs) It's never free. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, now, here's another thing that I kind of came across this week. Um, and, like, I'm I'm a business major. I have not graduated yet. So, I mean, I, I don't know a ton about business. But according to datalab.org, in 2020, the federal government collected $3.42 trillion in revenue from taxes we spend in 2020 6.55 trillion dollars now i'm no mathematician or certified financial advisor but when you spend twice as much as you make you typically that's typically not really a recipe for financial health or success (laughs) That would be correct, but the government seems to uh, make do <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah, they just keep asking China for you know deferred loans. and. Well, that's not really how it works, but I don't think you really want a whole currency talk. Yeah, let's not just, let's just, let's not. But, <laughs> I mean, eventually, like, these countries are going to want their money, and then it's like, well, what are we what do we do like you know well yeah kind of and then like what are they gonna do to us like what it's a little more complicated than that let's not get into that today then (laughs) let's let's just uh i could talk for another 20 minutes about how how that all works but we won't we won't cover that but maybe another time maybe when we have dakota the, the debts the debt's not really like it's not exactly a huge problem like it's not as big of a problem as it would be for a common business you know yeah because the government just makes their own rules yeah the the bigger issue is is that the more they're spending the more they're ramping up inflation and the more they're handing out services the more we're moving towards a socialistic economy and that, that that's the bigger concern like i mean i 
look, I mean, they, they really shouldn't be spending as much as they are, but like the debt isn't necessarily a huge problem, but I mean, it could be, I mean, you think about, I mean, how high can it go? Like (laughs) how much can they keep spending until it just is like, you know, I feel like we've already hit that point. It's like, well, we haven't really had, well, I mean, inflation is going up, whether that's because of the the debt or more because of just the, the coronavirus and stuff or, or not the debt, I should say, but well, I mean, the debt in terms of them handing out you know money to people and handing out stuff but i mean i i understand the concept of taxes it is to fix and provide things for everyone in the society so when you pay like your your county or city taxes you're paying for roads to be redone you're paying for new sidewalks uh nice parks public parks that people can you know be at you're paying your public officials and like many other things that yes like defense stuff yes obviously you want a military defense yeah i was talking more on a local oh yeah kind of but yeah you're you're paying for in theory, you're paying for for something that everyone's going to share that will help make society better. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, where does that really? Where does the line need to be drawn? I mean, when you start bringing in the fact that, oh, okay, we're gonna pay for everyone's health care now. It's like, okay, well, I guess that's nice if I'm the one using the health care, but why am I paying for someone else's? And then the argument to that is, well, you might be paying for someone else's now, but someone else will be paying for yours later. And unfortunately, like, that's just not really quite fair because some people need more health care than others. And, like, I guess if you could really strip back taxes to just the most basic of things i think the money that people would save and if people were actually smart with their finances and actually had savings accounts and like put away money for emergencies such as medical visits and Mm -hmm. you know possible just random things that happen throughout your life that you're like unexpected things if americans were more financially what literate smart yeah um and and look knowledgeable yeah and and it's like you know especially with the medic the meta what am i saying the meta medical (laughs) the medical (laughs) things um you know people are like well it's so expensive to go to the hospital and that's true but part of the reason it is so expensive is because once the government started subsidizing health care um you know, in requiring health insurance, for one thing, it, it causes health costs to just go way up because, you know, if you're at doctor's office and you got all these people coming in and you're like, well, I know they have Medicare anyway, so the government's paying for this. I'm just going to jack all my rates up because they're not really paying for it. I'm just going to make government pay me more, you know? Well, so all the rates go up and, you know, any hospital you go into, if you go in and say, hey, I'm paying cash, you know, I'm going to cut you a huge discount. The and, same. Yeah. Sorry. I, didn't. I thought you were done. Um, the same exact thing happened with colleges. If you look at, like, obviously the price of college has increased and increased and increased. That's partially because of inflation, but that's also because the government has stepped in. They've given out loans. They've given out grants to both students and universities. Yeah. And 
essentially the cost to go to college is essentially like it's nearly the same after all of like your financial aid it's nearly the same like per family or per person as it was you know i don't know 40 50 years ago whatever but you know the total cost costs so much more because the government has stepped in and said oh well we'll help students pay for that and then what do colleges do oh okay well since the government's going to help them we'll just bump it up so students are still paying the same amount and the government's going to pay more well and it's not even that the students are paying the same amount it's that they're they're paying debt so they're paying the same amount out of pocket but they're taking in a lot more debt yes and then paying it later um and and you're absolutely right about that is that like, yeah, I mean, when, when the government made getting student loans so easily, so easy, like before it used to be more challenging to get a student loan. You'd have to get one privately from a bank and that's obviously Yeah, and tougher. people obviously still do that. But even with the private loans, a lot of banks wouldn't hand out big, like, you know, a loan like that for a student to go to college. But then the, the government said, hey, you know what? Well, we'll provide you with loans. And then the private industry had to combat that and say, oh, well, we'll offer you private loans too. You- and so it just caused everything to go up. And, you know, and then colleges, I mean, obviously here at Liberty, you know, we have a lot of nice amenities, but, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, like I could do without Snowflex and all that stuff for a couple thousand dollars off tuition a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look around the country, like some of the nicest like places are like colleges in America. Yeah. And I mean, I guess part of that is endowment, um, which is like uh, donations from uh, alumni. Um, well, no. endowment's a little different than that. Part of it is donations from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, well, I mean, you could say the endowment, but I mean. I don't think that that's, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say the the endowment, but that's usually for like, um, an endowment. You know, it's like a, a large savings account that you use the interest from as a revenue source. Yeah, but typically it's from donors, correct? Yeah, but it usually goes in like, yeah. I guess I guess I think you you were meaning more like people like donating money to like a to like a big building or something like that. Right. Which does happen. I mean, oh, like yeah. that happens. A lot. I mean, Liberty. So Liberty has over a billion dollars in endowment now. Um, yeah, and, I think we have like, isn't it like up there, like one of the highest endowments in the country? I believe so. I I think it's one of the highest, and like uh, Liberty obviously has amazing facilities, but like we're just getting we got a new indoor tennis court last year that was I believe fully donated by what uh. Liberty alumni. Yeah. Um, and we're getting something else. I can't remember. What is it? Indoor soccer? Oh, yeah. They're making thing? some more indoor fields. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be also like kind of privately funded by Liberty alumni people. Yeah. And so like, yes, some of it is donated, but, you know, a lot of it is extra money that they're bringing in just from the government yeah well and, and it's a little different for liberty because you know we you know our online programs were so good that's how they make so much of their money is from online programs to do all this stuff but like a state school and stuff you know then it's pretty much i don't even really know how state schools i mean they're funded by the state government i guess um well i don't really know how that all works yeah 
for state schools. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. All right. That was a good, uh, good little discussion yeah, a little, there little finance, a little political. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's discuss. Uh, Ooh, so chip Jerry, shortage. You, yeah. Um. Yeah. I just i i put this article in, not necessarily talk about the article, but just this this new this vehicle um cars um and their inventory problems in general um i had it was an article what was the title of the article dan new vehicle prices in the u.s at record approaching forty three thousand as inventory drought continues yeah so i assume most of you have seen if you've driven past a dealership lately but there aren't a lot of cars right now and they're having trouble making them, and so there's not a lot of used cars on the market. And it's a really interesting predicament that we're in, and unfortunately, they were hoping that this would all end um, either like late this year or early next year, but now analysts are starting to think this could last three to four years of inventory shortages for cars. So what that means is that you know, it used cars prices are going up a lot. New car prices are going up. Um, it you know gas prices are going up. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, unrelated, but they're gonna yeah. I mean, you're gonna see used cars getting fixed a lot more. You know, like they're not just gonna total a car as easily. They're gonna try to fix it and resell it because they're just not inventory. Um, it's a whole thing. It's, it's going to be a problem. I, I'm a little bit concerned for the next few years about how, you know, I'm just thinking in, you know, maybe three years when I'll be looking for potentially a new car after graduation and stuff, um, I might have some trouble finding a car and not overpaying extremely for it. But. Well, you know, Jared, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, wow, our listeners are so lucky and blessed that their very own host actually had to write a paper about this for their business class last <laughs> week um yeah go, so actually we do have a chip shortage as jared suggested yeah and did you, yes. you know did you hear about some of the reasons why that is though and because of covid yeah but not ex- not completely so it happened that there was so for one was covid so the, the assembly lines got shut down in a lot of um factories especially the one um it's uh tsmc or the taiwanese microchip manufacturer in taiwan that's a really 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 big company not a lot of people have heard of them but they manufacture tons and tons of chips yeah um so they were having problems and some of the other ones and then there was like in the middle of all this a factory burnt down like one of the largest micro <laughs> one of the largest chip factories just burnt down happened to um, and then China right now is dealing with a huge power grid problem. So there's all these factories that are like keep losing power and stuff and they can't operate and China's having quite the time. So it's like just like this whirlwind of like kind of crazy things that seem so like, you know, unrelated. But it, it's just it shows you how globalized everything is, you know, all these suppliers and everything. And like all it takes is, you know, the assembly line to get, you know shut down for a little bit in a factory fire and all of a sudden used car prices are through the roof. <laughs> well, you know, you, you love to see the beauty of free trade. You really do. Yeah. Um, 
the problem is is when things like this happen and other countries don't have the same codes that America does in terms of what, whether it's energy codes or, uh, you know, certain safety restrictions. Like, you know, not saying that a, a chip manufacturing factory could not start on fire in America because it definitely could. But, you know, chances are that factory was probably not going to uh, be up to code in, in America. And... So actually, um, I did not, I did know about that, but I didn't really like look too far into that as my article wasn't really, um, talking about why there's necessarily a chip shortage. It was more how to, how are we going to combat that issue? Mm. Um, and so like I did, you know, kind of browse over the, you know, the history of it, but, um, I was more looking into how we're going to fix it. And, um, the Biden administration knows that this is a big issue, um, and one that could last up until you know 2024 easily yeah um they're looking into uh building a new chip factory in arizona and that could be up and running by late 2022 early 2023 and it would be the largest um chip manufacturing factory in the world um and hopefully that would get us on track going into 2024 for the amount of chips that we uh, need for certain products. But I mean, not only like our trucks and cars and new vehicles going to be affected by this, but I mean, if you think about it, you know, with all the smart devices that we have, each and every one of those things have at least a chip. Yeah. um, Some of them have multiple chips that they need to have. And you know, with all the smart devices that we have, we now have smart lamps, uh, yeah, microwaves, refrigerators, TVs. Uh, Everything has chips in them. Yeah. yeah, pretty much, you know, anything that's electric has pretty much a chip in it. And so... Yeah, um, and so, well, I think this is a, a key thing that I, that I also read about is that, you know, some people are like, well, you know, the new iPhone came out. I can go buy an iPhone pretty easily. I can go buy a TV. And that's pretty true and the reason why it's hit the car market so hard and not so much the consumer electronics market is because um, there's a lot of smaller low-cost chips that are in cars in things that you wouldn't think about like your anti-lock brakes have a little microcontroller there and it's though all cars have so many little microcontroller chip things in all these different systems and um these the factories that are having problems are much less likely to manufacture these small little chip things because they're just not as high profit margin for the factories. So the factories are putting all their energy and resources into producing like chips like you would think about in a laptop, you know, like that or a phone, like those sort of chips. And all these other little chips, they're kind of like set like, you know, not putting not doing much attention um, not putting much attention to. And so that's what's really hurting the, the car market is because they have all these extra little chips that <laughs> the manufacturers aren't so keen on um, manufacturing. So Yeah, and one suggestion that I kind of had going into my paper was, well, why don't we just like, you know, the three R's, reduce, reuse, and recycle. That's right. You know, reduce the amount of chips that were like, is there any way that we can make things still work without a chip? And 
certain yeah and ford has been doing that they've been really trying to innovate because ford's been hit really hard yeah um so like can you know can manufacturers find a way to make their product with a less amount of chips um reuse uh is there a way to you know reuse old chips so i mean if a car you know if a new car is totaled yet you have another new car that's the same car or whatever and the chip doesn't need to be reprogrammed or anything that's just sitting in a lot in inventory just needing chips you know taking the chips from the car that's totaled obviously you know as long as they aren't damaged putting them in the new cars you know so trying to be as you know cautious of that as possible Mm -hmm. can try to help minimize this um as much as we can up until 2024 but that's obviously a solid two years away so um, i love how you checked your watch (laughs) dan has a a year counter going right now (laughs) you you never know um what year it is some one day you just look and it's next year (laughs) um yeah so so that's the chip shortage. Yeah, that, that was the chip shortage. Could shortage. be could turn into a problem for. It's interesting how some some car manufacturers have been getting hit harder than others. Like Ford has definitely been having the hardest time. Um, I don't know some of the other manufacturers like Toyota um, haven't had so much of a problem, and I think that comes down to just relationships they have with um, manufacturers and things like that, um, where they are on the priorities list. So, guess that goes to show if you ever run a business, you know, maybe send your uh, your supplier a uh, cake every now and then or something. Just stay on their good side in case if something happens, you know, they'll N- prioritize you before their other. A nice little Oops. thank you note. Yeah. There you go. All right. That's uh, a really that's a really good tip. You know. Yeah. Be nice to your suppliers, business owners. You know, <laughs> you you always should be. You should be sharing Christ's love with everyone. Of course, of course. Um, all right, let's talk about, uh, Jared, have you looked at the stock market at all recently? You know, I've been trying not to. My, my, my stocks have uh, not been doing too hot. Mm. Um, sorry, sorry I brought that up. Yeah, it's been a sore spot for me these past well, few weeks. let's hope that you were not invested in, uh, Moderna, Novax, Novavax, or BioNTech. Well, the good news is I am not. So happy dance, happy dance. But the companies I am invested in are not doing hot. They're so. doing just as bad, probably. Yeah. I don't know about just as bad, but okay, they're still doing bad. Well, let's. Uh, hey, you win some, you lose some. You you know, we're just gonna keep on, you know, riding the valley till you see, get to the mountaintop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you ever hit the mountaintop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think my problem was I hit the mountaintop and. Then I uh, rode it right down into the valley. Fell off the cliff. Yep, fell yep. off a cliff pretty much. Eh, happens to the best of us. Kind of because of the chip shortage, honestly. <laughs> so, thanks, chip shortage. I guess that's the downside of uh, heavily investing in electric cars and yeah. the auto industry, I, had I been. guess, right I now. sold out, though. Oh. Had to cut my losses. What are you invested in now? I have completely rethought... You know, this is an interesting conversation. Um, I have found out... So looking over my portfolio and how it has performed over the past year, I realized it was a lot of risk and not a lot of reward. 
Mm. And so really the best thing to do, and this is what like financial people, this is what they're going to tell you to do. And I kind of thought, well, I want to, you know, I'm just kind of playing around. Like I want to make more money. Well, guess what? When you try to make money quickly, things don't go the way you want it to go. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's a key piece of advice. If you're taking notes, write that down. Yes. So what I did, and I still need to sell out of two more stocks. I'm still in Peloton and Rocket Mortgage, or Rocket Companies, I should say. They have Rocket Mortgage. Um, but I have sold out all my electric car stocks, and I'm just buying in, and I've bought into um, S, uh, the uh, S&P. Mm. It's, well, it's not, it's not the exact index fund. It's, it's a mutual fund with the S and P index fund in it. Smart. But like just looking over their gains, you know, over the past year, I forget what their percent gain was, but it was a heck of a lot more than my gain over the past year. And it's just a lot more safer. It doesn't have near the valleys that I've had near the drops. And so that, that's what I would say. I, I, I wish I had just done that from the beginning because I would have a lot more money now. Um, if you want me, if you want me to, I can pull up exact numbers. Oh, for I, what I, looked at, I got them. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So, um, actually, if you're invested in the S and P since uh, 2009, um, there's only been really two years where you wouldn't have made money. Um, in 2018. In 2015, which was only negative 0.73%, but in 2018, it was negative 6%. But other than that, you know, 23%, 12%, um, absolutely nothing, Uh, 13%, 29% in 2013, 11%, 9%, 19%. 2019 28.8% baby you love to see it and um last well I guess last year would have been 2020 so that would be 16.26% and this year currently we are at 14.68% um return on your money so I mean yeah if you're not doing better than that with your normal stocks you might want to consider uh just investing in the S&P 500 yeah and and I want to apologize I had said it was a mutual fund. This is an ETF. It's just called the SPDR S&P 500 e- ETF. And yep. it's um yeah, so so here's what here's what I'll tell you. So, over the past year, I have made a whopping negative 4% return on investment over the past year. And that is from up to a high of a 53% return. So I was up over $2,000, 53% return. But at the end right now, I'm sitting at negative 4%. And if I had stayed, if I had just dumped it into the S, this S&P ETF over the past year, I would have made a very modest 29% return on my money, which is a lot better than negative 4%. So sure, I may have at one point made a 50% return. But none of us are smart enough to know, you know, I, it, what if it would have gone up another 50% when I was sitting at 50%? You know? Brain games. Yeah. 
So it's like, you know, I, I was trying to bet with the stock market and say, you know what, I'm, I'm betting that it's going to go up even more. You know, I'm not going to sell. I bet it's going to go up. Well, guess what? I placed a bet and I lost pretty badly. So I'm going to quit betting and I'm just going to dump it in this ETF. I'm going to make money and it's going to be fun. So. You know what they say? Don't gamble with the devil. Yep. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's what they say. That's what I say, though. Devil. I don't. I don't, I don't like you uh, referring to the uh, stock market as the devil. I quite like the stock market. So oh, it's vicious out there sometimes. <laughs> I would know Dogecoin did me dirty. All right. Oh yeah, we don't, we don't want to talk about Dogecoin. Yeah, we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole. Oh, I could have made a lot. Of but that. Oh, actually, wait, we didn't even uh, we didn't even talk about what. All right. Yeah, anyway. what we got. Jared, I'm very happy that you enlightened us about that because I did not know that you uh, pulled out of your electric vehicle. I did. I was. That's smart. I also learned something else. I learned not to uh, listen to analysts' uh, target prices because the uh, the one electric vehicle stock I was supposed to be uh, I was in was supposed to uh, triple this year by the end of December, and maybe that could be true. But right now, it's gone down about about. Okay, but they 20%. didn't know that there was going to be like this huge chip shortage and. Well, yeah, they did. Last year, in in January, I mean, maybe they didn't know how bad it was going to be, but I don't think they knew that it was going to be like put us back like two years type of thing. Maybe I don't know. Weird times to listen to analysts because obviously anything can just stop in an instant now with COVID and pandemics and yeah. All that fun stuff. Anyway, the whole reason I brought up the stock market was because today, on October 1st, Friday, 2021, was not a very good day for Moderna, Novavax, or BioNTech. Moderna tanked 15% today, and Novavax and BioNTech sank as much as 18% today. Mm. Jared, do you know why that is? I heard there is a uh, new pill. Correct. And this pill gives you super strength and allows you to fly. Yes. Is that correct? Essentially, yeah. That's how you feel if you have COVID, but you take this, yeah. Okay. So, so it, no, actually, we're not medical professionals. Don't listen to us. That may or may not happen to you. I don't know. If you do... If that does happen, if you to do you, gain the ability to fly, please let us know. Though yeah. we will also take this so-called pill. Yes. Okay. So anyway, back back on track. Um. So pharmaceutical giant Merck announced that it would re- seek regulatory approval for the first of its kind treatment against. Um. What's it called? COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that actually like I'm not even messing. That actually. Left my brain for a second. <laughs> All right. Um, sparking more than $30 billion in losses for a slew of stocks that headed up for much of the pandemic's rally, such as, obviously, Moderna, Novavax, BioNTech. Um, I believe BioNTech is the owner of Pfizer or whatever, and Moderna is obviously the owner of Moderna vaccine. Um <laughs> So, I guess this pill is going to be the new vaccine? <laughs> well, so it's not really, like, a vaccine is kind of supposed to help you, like, not get 
will fight off the virus. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously this is like a medicine. So, like, the vaccine is more like supposed to help prevent you from getting it in the first place. No. <clears throat> help you fight it off. Not prevent you from getting it. No. Yes. That's what the COVID vaccine does. But no. Nobody Neither gets the, the smallpox. What? Nobody gets the smallpox. Well, yeah, but you could you could potentially contract it, but you wouldn't even know. Like you can still get the virus. Your body just fights it off right away because it recognizes it. That's what a, a vaccine trains your body to recognize a sickness, and then as soon as you get it, it flags it. And yeah, so obviously, COVID it. and like the flu is a little more challenging than smallpox because it's you know it changes, so your body can't always fight it off like perfectly. But, like, the smallpox vaccine, since it doesn't really change, as soon as you would get it, your body would just recognize it and, you know, flag it, knock it down right away so you wouldn't even know. But well, you can still yeah, get it. I, mean, I mean, but in theory, vaccines are supposed to present, prevent diseases, but there are different strains. So, obviously, it's like with the flu vaccine, it's tough for them to guess which strain of the flu is going to be. Yeah. And that's why the flu vaccine isn't always effective. Like, there's some years where it's, like, not even worth getting it because, like, that's not the strain of flu that it is. It, yeah. Sometimes you're just completely guessing. Whereas, like, smallpox or whatever, like, I don't know if they just combined all of them into one and then there was just never a mutation of it or what. I don't know how that works. Well, but. I think smallpox isn't necessarily the same type of i don't really understand that that side yeah. of, but i don't think it's really the same type of viral virus that like covid or the flu would be yeah anyway in theory vaccines are supposed to help <clears throat> prevent you from getting sick yeah. um that's not exactly how they all end up working sometimes but anyway this new pill that merck announced um is a treatment for covid so you know whether you have the vaccine or not <clears throat> excuse me whether you have the vaccine or not um it'll be like essentially a, a new kind of treatment um against covid so um people with the vaccine um are typically uh healthier when they get covid now um they tend to like respond better against the virus and have less um i don't know effects symptoms than unvaccinated people um but now this new kind of drug is claiming that it will also help fight against the symptoms of covid so hopefully we are one step closer to a solution to this stupid disease virus thing and uh yeah that just, uh, it sucks for everyone who is uh, invested in those. I mean, tanking 15% in one day, that's quite a bit. Yeah. I'm sure that'll rebound. You know, people always tend to overreact when big news is uh, brought up, you know. So. Yeah, I'm curious if that's the only reason why they dropped. That's uh, really, like, the only thing that I'm reading about on this Forbes article. Obviously, I'll link this in the description, but... Um, you know, uh, hmm. Moderna, despite the Friday plunge, Moderna is still the S&P 500's best performing stock this year. 
Um, it skyrocketed nearly 270% as the company's COVID-19 vaccines became widely available across the world. Um, still, shares are down about 30% from a peak set just last month. So, hmm. okay. Um, yeah, I guess uh, huh, 30%. So it dropped 15% today, so that means that it's dropped 15% between like just kind of between last month and this month and then another 15% today. Okay. So, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder if people are just getting concerned that there might be potentially other treatments um, coming available or maybe about to get approved or something. I, you know, seems like there's always a reason that people sell out of stuff. So yeah, it's interesting. It's just like uh, Vegas, you know. Always take the odds. All right, <clears throat> next one. Actually, do we want to end it on a fun one or on a more serious one and do the fun one now? Um, I think we probably only have time for one more article. Well, the last one's really quick, so. Okay, so pick which one. Actually, we'll do this one. Yeah. Okay. The least serious one is uh, last. Okay, so uh, Steve Jobs. Um, had a three-point formula for leading effective meetings that was had brilliant. what? For leading effective meetings. Yeah, before that, had a three... What? A three-point formula. A three-point formula. Yeah, it's okay. like a recipe. Ooh, I like recipes. Yeah. Um, and this article is saying that we need to get back to it. So, and the modern management chronically suffers from one too many meetings and not enough time just to get your work done. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve knew how to fix this and his solution is remarkably simple. So let's see, uh, let's see what the process was. All right. Keep the invite list small, ideally three to five people. So why does he say this? Well, the more people you have in a meeting, the less productive it is. There's too many voices, too many ideas. And, you know, three to five is a good number to essentially, hear some other people's opinions, get some feedback, but also not so many that you're listening to everyone's and just drowning out other important opinions. Yeah. Um, and actually jobs famously declined an invite from president Obama to a tech meeting because the guest list was too long. He knew (laughs) that his opinion, or at least thought that his opinion wouldn't be as valued, um, just because it's one of many instead of one of few. Um, and so, yeah. So when you craft your invite list for a meeting, know exactly what each person's stake or role in the meeting is. And if they can't or won't contribute, then cut them from the list. Hmm. All Um, right. That's, That's number two. Well, we can talk about these after. Yeah. Number two, keep the agenda short. Yeah. No more than three items. That makes sense. The goal here is focus. I mean, when there's more than three items on agenda, you're likely to get lost in a rabbit hole of unrelated topics and side conversations and just random whatever. Yeah. Um, it's hard to know what conclusions to draw and what action items you have at the end of the agenda because just ideas just keep going rampant. Um, so you want to keep it short, keep it simple, and make sure that all three agenda items are clearly connected to the core meeting purpose. Mm. Um, you want people, you want like your team to know what the purpose of the meeting is so that they can have the most relevant input. Um, you don't want people thinking that it's about something else. So their brain is kind of like focused on how this relates to something else rather than what you're trying to, um, 
relate it back to. And uh, the third tip is kind of somewhat like the second one. Um, it's to keep the length no more than 30 minutes. Um, so, like, you may think that, like, more, a more productive meeting is, like, a longer meeting, but our attention span has actually gotten shorter and shorter to the point where it's actually shorter than a goldfish's. Um, that <laughs> nice. is, it's true. Um, our human's mental stamina is unable to sustain meaningful analytical discussion for very long. If you keep short meetings short, no more than 30 minutes, and parcel keys of information in distinguishable, digestible chunks, one to two minute segments, you're more likely to leave the meeting with a more broad comprehension mm. and rich discussion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're a business owner or uh, just a leader of a team, really find the most critical people um to give your message to um to create ideas with and you know keep it short keep it simple keep it on task because you know the longer the longer and more drawn out it is the longer and more you know drawn out your ideas are going to be and that's mm. not really you know if you want to have a bunch of short meetings talking about a bunch of different segments then do that rather than one large yeah meeting um i think that's it's good found out to be you could use that for a lot of other things in <laughs> class and oh yeah I mean, speaking you know if you think sermons about <laughs> teacher to student ratios you know everyone wants a you know smaller student to teacher ratio because or teacher to student ratio i should say because yeah. um obviously that's more individual uh instruction that each student is getting more individual time that the student is getting with the teacher yeah um, i really like those i think i think that's they sound really easy but i think they're in a business you know sent they're a lot harder to implement but if you can get to a place where you know you can do that that's definitely well that's the thing is like you better, know you but, really don't need if you're like the head of a store right you just invite the department managers there's a deli there's you know uh meat there's grocery and did you just say deli and meat dan i thought deli did cheese <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no, the deli does meat and cheeses i don't do they that do much meat. shopping okay you, you work at wegmans okay. dan come yeah, on that's why i use this example <laughs> okay if you're the store manager you got the cleaning department you got the front end the grocery the frozen aisle and produce and then the deli so i guess you got six bakery all right bakery all right there's seven people now you probably don't need the cleaning people for everything no and if it's not dealing with food or if it is dealing with only food you really don't need the front end either so then that's only five department managers and then from that meeting then the department managers can sit down with their own teams you know the rest of the grocery department people you know blah 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 and discuss those instead of rather than having a whole entire staff there and trying to go through everyone's ideas it's just yeah way too ineffective yeah and i also think that you know maybe sometimes those department heads you know when they go back to tell their employees they treat that as kind of a meeting where it should really be just them telling what was just talked about in the meeting you know what i mean 
Yeah. Like it's really not a meeting. It should just be a very quick, okay, here's what, here's what we're doing. Like, um, but yeah, I, de- I definitely really like that. So yeah. it's a good article. All right. And lastly, um, today is uh, national homemade cookie day. Mm. I missed that. I should have made some. I just read about that earlier. Um, but anyway, the, this uh, local butcher from uh, Germany. Butcher. Yes, he is. Well, this is where it gets interesting. Okay. He is claiming that the bacon chocolate chip cookie recipe is one of the best twists on a classic recipe, adding salty to sweet. Mm. Um, I could see that. Yeah, so Denise is a fan of using the company's double-smoked uncured bacon in the recipe since it's fully cooked and sold in slabs. So it takes no extra cooking. It allows you to cut pieces of your of, of a size to your liking that will hold up in the baking process. So you can do bits, you can do strips, you can do... You can wrap your cookie in bacon, I guess, if you really want mm. to. Don't tempt me. Um, yeah, I mean, this is America. We put bacon on everything. Yeah. Have you ever had a uh, maple, uh, maple bacon donut? Mm. Have you ever had one from Duck Duck Donuts? Uh, maybe. believe so. I've had a couple, but always love them. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you'd like to try these cookies for yourself, um, obviously we will leave the link in the description of the podcast. How do you get your hands on these? And, uh, oh, it's a recipe. Heck yeah, it's a recipe. Oh, I thought you needed some special bacon or something. Well, I mean, they use, like, it's a butcher, like, it, this is from a butcher shop, so, I mean, they're trying to sell their own bacon. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Can you I mean, get I'm it at sure Kroger? I'm it's great, <laughs> ba- great bacon, but, I mean, you can use whatever bacon you want. Actually, I bought some bacon bits for our chili the other night, and I forgot to put them in there, so maybe uh, maybe we'll have to make some cookies. Put some bacon in them. Sounds good. Then we could dip them in the maple syrup. Mm. There you go. It's like a chocolate chip. Bacon. Bacon pancake. Oh, my gosh. That might be really good. Chocolate chip bacon pancake. What if we put, like, scrambled egg in the middle and just made it a sandwich and you dunked it in the syrup? It'd be like a McGriddle. I feel like you'd want to skip the chocolate if you're doing the egg, though. Like, maybe a bacon pancake with egg in the middle. Yeah. And then you dip it in the syrup. Well, yeah. Because I was thinking it'd be like a McGriddle almost at that point. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do want to let the listeners know. I have tried to put chocolate syrup in the pancake mix to make chocolate pancakes. You really don't get it. They don't taste any chocolatier, really. No. So I would. But we do try have that. the off-brand chocolate syrup, so that could be the issue. I don't think so. I've dumped it in my mouth. It tastes pretty much like chocolate. Well, what about? All right. You, this is what you got to try next time. Next time, do syrup in the pancake mix. Yeah, that would definitely work. Syrup's definitely stronger. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I think I think if you want to do the chocolate and pancakes, you need to use the uh, baking chocolate stuff. Mm. That powder, baking chocolate powder. Oh, no. The the cocoa stuff? Cocoa powder. Oh, no, 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 no. What do you mean? Because one time when I was a kid, I thought that that was like... Well, yeah, it doesn't taste like milk chocolate, but it gives you the chocolate (gasps) flavor. (gasps) It's disgusting. It's well, yeah, disgusting. you're not eating it. It's called baking chocolate, Dan. It's not a chocolate bar. You're not supposed to eat it out of the container. Why what are you don't doing? They just put it in the, the, the I just want to eat chocolate. <laughs> well, I'm sorry your mom didn't give you any sweets. Yeah. Even though I'm sure she did. Well, see, the thing is, is whenever she did bring home sweets, they'd be gone, like, so quick. So, yeah. 
usually well then she'd usually get mad because she wouldn't even eat any or get any because they'd be gone so then she just kind of stopped buying them yeah but whenever she does buy them they're they're gone till next week whenever she goes shopping again so you gotta snatch them up quick <laughs> all right well so we're gonna leave it and go out get yourself some chocolate chip cookies i mean by the time you're listening to this it's not gonna be national cookie day but you can celebrate late that's okay um, I forgot about Dan's birthday for about two weeks last year, so you can forget about National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day for two weeks. That's facts. Whenever okay. you get a chance, yep. just try it. All right. Thank you all for listening. Um, next week, we will hopefully film a podcast on time. We'll see if that happens. But we'll see. Um, until next time, thank you. Very well stated. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>